Bibles, turn with me. We're going to be in Philippians chapter 2. We're going to be looking at verses 2 through 4. Last week, remember, we looked at verse 1, and we're talking about the internal aspects of what it means to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Love the Lord your God your, uh, with all your what? Heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So as we look at this, there's a spiritual aspect, which is our soul, which is eternal. And then we're looking at the internal aspects uh, the last week and this week, which is our heart and our mind. So these are the things internally that God speaks to us in our relationship with him so that we have to get these right so that we can serve externally right. Remember, we started this off and says if we do not have a good spiritual relationship with our father and with each other, there's no way that we're ever going to be the witness that God calls us to be. So once we develop the relationship with the Lord, which is our vertical relationship, then we've got to learn how to horizontally tell others and share with others what it truly means to have a relationship with Christ. We have to show that as well. And so if our heart is out of whack, then everything else is going to, that flows out of our heart is going to be off kilter as well. So we looked last week and we talked about how internally we have to have all these things that are correct. All right. So in Philippians chapter one, it told us all the answers that we had to have. Remember joy, all the, all, all these things that needed to be uh, within us uh, to make us t- uh, complete. So it says this in verse 2. Make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also the interests of others. So this verse right here is is making the switch. So once we have the answer that we found in verse 1, it says, then we make the joy complete. How is the joy complete? The joy is complete by having three things as we focus on the mindset, which is our thought process. As we focus on our mind, we need to put three things as important. The first one it says is this, being of the same mind, maintaining the same love. And then we need to be united in spirit and intent on one purpose. So these three things are key to us for our mindset. So when we get together and as we gather together and as a body and as a congregation and as people of God, we need to be upon the same mind in love. So we tend to focus on doctrinal things, all right? And so when we focus on doctrinal things, look, there are certain things that are extremely important. Now, let me categorize this, all right? So there are are certain things without those things, we don't have a gospel. We don't have the good news. There are certain things that we all must believe and hold in common. And we just sing about them. That Jesus Christ died on a cross, died for our sins, was resurrected, lived a sinless life, was born of a virgin. All those things that we were singing in that song, these are doctrinal things that we must have. These are dogma is what it's called. So it's called dogma. And if we don't have these things, then our faith has holes in it. And it's going to be just like every other religion that's in the world. There's no truth to that. So to maintain the truth, we have to have these dogma and keep them and keep that solid. Now, there's, there are doctrinal things that we can have differences on. And I've told you this before, and I say it all the time up here. There are things that Tim believes. This is Tim's interpretation of this. This is how I read this. That doesn't mean that you have to read that the same 
same way. And that's okay because it's not pertinent to our relationship with God, all right? It is pertinent as to how we reveal and how we testify out. There are gifts that I've been given and there are gifts that you've been given. We don't all have the same gifts. So as God works through our lives, he works through your life differently than he works through my life. That's all, that's okay. There, we can be diversified. We just can't allow it to divide us. And so what happens is in our thought process, when we allow these things to take uh, precedence over our relationship with God, then it causes division. And we're no longer having the same love relationship that other believers have with God. We're no longer united in the same spirit. So when we allow these things to happen, then the division takes place and we all go to our own corners. And we, we divide ourselves out all kinds of ways. We can call ourselves a, a liberal Christian or a fundamental Christian or a conservative Christian or all those, those type of things. Or we can, we can take it out and we can divide it even further by saying, I'm a Methodist or I'm a Baptist or I'm a Presbyterian or I'm a this or I'm, I'm Reformed theologically or I'm not Reformed theologically. I'm all these, you see what I mean? And when we go to all of our different corners on this, then what that does is it does not show a united front in the mindset to the world. And so what we need to do is we need to be united. There needs to be some common things. In the New Testament, they called themselves Christians. And before that, they called themselves the way. And so there was common ground that they found, and they, they identified themselves in that, in that with those distinctive words. We need to figure out what that is now. We've been talking about this in our men's Bible study, calling ourselves fully devoted followers of Christ. So first and foremost, I'm a fully devoted follower of Christ. I choose to worship within the Baptist church. You see what I'm saying? Doctrinally, that feels the most comfortable for me. But first and foremost, I'm a fully devoted follower of Christ. So that means that I must have a spiritual relationship with God. I must have my heart right, my mind right, and then I must go out and physically serve the Lord and then do unto others as I would have them do unto me. Treat your neighbor as yourself or love your neighbor as yourself, whichever way you want to look at that. So for that to happen, that means I got to get myself right. So the onus is not on the preacher. The onus is not on your neighbor sitting next to you in the pew. The onus is on you. Why is that important? Because you can say, well, Tim was up there preaching and he was talking about this and I don't believe that. That's okay. That's totally okay because God is speaking to you in your heart. If it's not dogma, then he's going to speak to you in a certain way and you are gifted in a certain way and you are wired in a certain way, personality-wise, that he's going to use that shape that he has molded you into for his kingdom. And you're going to reach people, speak to people, and be able to get in touch with people and connect with people that Tim will never be able to. That's what God's wanting to do. That's how he reaches the entire world. So being of the same mind does not mean we all have to believe the same thing, all right, on every aspect of what Scripture says. Being of the same mind is understanding that we have a spiritual relationship with our Father, our heart's right with Jesus, and that in our mind, God is going to use us for his glory and for his kingdom. Amen? All right, so this is helping us to see how we can be united and be diversified in who we are in Christ. We don't have to pop out little mini robots of the preacher, okay, and what he believes and what he thinks theologically. 
I mean, my wife doesn't even agree with everything I say. On Sunday mornings, after I get done on the way home, it's just like, what were you talking about here? No, she doesn't do that. She has done that a few times. Like, And if you're in Sunday school back there, and if she thinks that if there's something I didn't say that I wasn't supposed to, she's on it like that right there, you know what I mean? So Colossians 2, 3 and 4 says this, Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are of this earth. For you have died and your, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Hey, guess what? I don't know if y'all know this or not, but it's an election year. Did y'all know that? Yeah. Hey, and let me just inform you. We're going to vote for a president sometime later on this year. Okay? I think, maybe. If we still have a president, I guess we'll find out Wednesday if we even still have a president. But anyway, all that to go through. See, this is what we do. Our mindset now is, are you a Democrat? Are you a Republican? Are you going after Bloomberg? He's supposed to be neither, right? All these other things. I mean, you're, you're picking, right? We're picking and choosing. And man, our sides are extremely divisive in our country about this. And, and, I, and it, I think it's just amazing. Did y'all hear Ruth Bader Ginsburg this week? Ruth Bader Ginsburg from the Supreme Court said she, in her lifetime, has seen, she said there used to be civility within Congress. And, you know, they were called statesmen. And you could state your point, and someone else could have a different opinion, and, yet, and you could be friends. It's not that way anymore, is it? It's extremely, extremely divisive. And if you believe or follow after one side or the other, the other side is like, it's like a hate. And this is where all of this comes in and in the mindset of how we're broken down. And this happens to us in our humanity and in the nature of who we are as beings. So we've got to understand that our minds need to be set on the things that are above and not on the things of this earth. God's got this. Whether a Republican, Democrat, or somebody else ends up as president of the United States, God's got this. Do you truly believe that? Yeah. All right, then. We're okay. Because why? Because God's in control. God's got this. Set your mind on the things that are above and not on the things of this earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now, here's the other thing about this. So not only in our mindset do we have to understand that whatever goes on externally outside of our lives, God's got this. you got to realize that God's got you too. And he does. And so whatever's going on in your life, whatever you are dealing with, whatever the things that are brought on by the world, or maybe even internally if you're not feeling well, or if you're battling stuff physically, emotionally, God's got this. And if we understand that, then we'll see that, that God will manifest himself in and through our lives, even in the worst of times. Even when you feel like that you are not at your best, or ill-equipped to handle the situation, or don't know what to say to somebody, or don't know how to respond when something happens to somebody else, or even if something is happening to you. I'm going to tell you what, one of our members, parishioners, has had a bad week. This Marsha has had a bad week. She went to the doctor on Monday. They told her she needed a procedure on Tuesday. She had something going on Thursday. She put it off till Friday. And she, I mean, just the whole week. But I want to tell you something. In the midst of all that, Miss Marsha was here on Wednesday night. And all that was going on. 
And when we came out of her procedure on Friday and we were all able to go in the room, the first thing she said is, I wanted y'all all, to, all the people that were in the waiting room for her, all, she invited us all to come back. The room was packed. And so as we're in her room and it's packed, the first thing she said, I wanted y'all all to come in here and pray with me. So her concern, I'm feeling all right. I made it through all of this. Y'all all come in here and let's pray to God for all of this that has gone on. And I thought, this is really cool. She was not concerned about herself at all. She had been through a terrible, terrible week. But she wanted to spend time with her brothers and sisters in Christ and spend time in prayer. That was her mindset in that moment. What would I have been thinking about? I'd be going, oh, Lord, thank Jesus for that. He got me through this. Me, person, me, 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 me. You guys have been sitting here waiting for me. I've been in a procedure all morning. Let's come back here and spend some time in prayer together. Thank you all for being here. Ed was there. Marilyn was there. That was, it was awesome. It was really, really awesome. See, this is the mindset that God wants us to have. It's okay. God's got this. God's got this if it's going on with me. God's going on, got this if it's going on around me. God's got this if, I, if it involves me. God's got this if it doesn't personally involve me. Are you worried about the virus that's in China? I mean, that's all we hear on the news right now, right? And I get it that there are people that are sick over there. We need to be praying for them, for their salvation, their souls, and all that's going on for that country. But we cannot live our lives in this kind of fear, this kind of fear. God's got it. Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. Jesus Christ did not come here for himself. He came here for everybody else. Everybody else. So what's the key to this? If we're going to focus on our mindset, on our thoughts, if we're going to be of the same mind, of the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose, one purpose, then the key is attention. We need to dwell on the forward and the positive. The second part of this verse said this, Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, Humility of mind. Regard one another as more important than yourself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. I can tell you this. I'm going to be just flat honest with you. This is confessional. When I'm driving, I ain't thinking about nobody else but me. And it's a bad thing. When I'm on the road and I got a place to go, I'm just way too type A. My job is to get there. And to get there in a certain amount of time and to get off the road. And the rest of y'all just need to get out of my way. <laughs> and for those who are driving with me or riding with me, it is painful and discomforting sometimes. <laughs> it really is. My wife is shaking her head in her agreement. She knows. Mallory just closes her eyes. Because I'm behind the wheel. You see, it's all about me in that time. It can't be. There are other people riding 
There are other people trying to get where they're going. I don't know what their day is like. I don't know what they've been through. I don't even know where they're going or what's going on. But God has put us on the same road at the same time. And for this moment, where they're going and what's going on with them is more important than me. And I know that I put this to driving a car, but it's in all aspects of our lives. It's in our job. Some of you have titles in your job. Your titles put you over authority over other people. Give you control and opportunity to be able to tell them what to do and how they, you know, correct them, to encourage them, to help make them better so that the whole company's better. That's important how you do that. You need to be attentive to that. We need to think about that when we're going in. Some of you have jobs or places, maybe even family, where you're pouring into other people's lives. And you need to be attentive to that. I know this. We had three children and my mom lived with us. <clears throat> that was difficult on both sides. If you've never had to do, do that. It was difficult for us because we were always thinking about my mom, but it was always difficult, I think, for my mom because she felt like she was a live-in babysitter. And that her life was constantly doing stuff for us. And there were times where I had to get into conversations and just sit and listen because she felt like we were running over her. And we weren't meaning to. We were just all trying to live in community. You get that? That's the same thing that happens within the church, isn't it? We're supposed to be looking out for each other. Our job is to live in community and with, with each other. That's in harmony. And there's only going to happen when our hearts are the same and when our minds are the same. And when, when there's har harmony within a group of people, God gets after it. God gets after it. I don't know if y'all have noticed this. Have y'all noticed this? There's more people showing up here this year already than was showing up here this time last year. Same preacher. Same songs. Same worship leaders. There's something going on right now. I don't know what God's doing. But I hope that you're attentive to notice it around you. And so if we're attentive to notice that God is beginning to stir in a way that's different here than he had before, even with the same group of people doing the same things, then we need to have the mindset and the heart to be able to respond to that. And so we're on journey together, get it? And so we're all trying to find our place and our spot in this and what that means and how God wants to use us and what God wants to do. But open up your heart. Open up your mind. Be attentive to the things that God's doing in and around your life. Start thinking forward and start thinking on the positive. Ask yourself these questions. Why do you seek God? Are you seeking God out of guilt or to know about God? Are you reading scriptures every morning because 
the scripture tells us we're supposed to read scriptures are because maybe we don't know the Bible as well as we should know the Bible and we're feeling guilty about all of that? Or are we reading scripture because we want to know about God and want to know what God has to say to us that day? Jeremiah 29, 12 through 13. Then you will call upon me and, and come and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me and when you search for me, with all of your heart. It's the attitude of the heart. Next question, think about this when you're, when you're looking and thinking about your attentiveness towards God. What, it, what are you seeking from God? Are you seeking information so that you can become smarter? Are you seeking intelligence that will give you status? Are you identifying through uh, your identi identity and your standing with God? What are you seeking from God? I want to, you know... This is something that we don't get and understand with God. We've got this backwards. The higher that you go up in a relationship with God, the more responsibility he gives you, and the lower you go on the totem pole. So people think that the pastor is supposed to be the one that knows it all, spiritually and scripturally, so the more I learn informationally and from the Lord and the higher that he, the more responsibility he gives me status-wise, the more I end up serving other people and more people I, I end up serving. Do you get this? Let's think about this. God's working and God's moving in here. As he brings more people in, that's more people that we have to serve. That's a greater responsibility on us. And the Lord tells us this throughout Scripture. He says, I'm only going to give to you what you can hold and understand or what you can comprehend or what you can bear. But I'm going to give to you that. So if we're going to increase our understanding, if we're going to increase our attentiveness, if we're going to increase our knowledge to God, God's going to give us more. And sometimes we don't think that we can handle that, but we can so if our mind is right and we're truly understanding this and we're truly asking these questions, then we need to be able to respond and to see how God responds. James 1, 5 through 8 says this, But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. And he must ask in faith without doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being, double, being a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Third thing to ask and to think about when you're wondering about or trying to become more attentive to God, how do you study about God? Do you scan or do you soak in the Word? I want you to think about this. There's a book out there that's called Celebration of Discipline, all right? And you can write it down if you want to. Go look it up. It's called Celebration of Disciplines. It's by a guy named Foster. And I would encourage you to go get that. It's an old book. But what he does is he brings out the disciplines of the church. And there's so many things that are disciplines of, our, of the church and of the faith of, of God's people that we've gotten away from. And one of them that I want to focus on here with this and intently is meditation of the Word of God. Do you meditate on the Word of God? 
Are you get up every morning, read your verse that maybe pops up on your phone or something like that that's on your app or this like, and you go, or do you spend time and just meditate on the word of God? Do you stop your day at some time and just start thinking intently on a passage or on a verse? And then let's just start mulling that over in your mind. What does that really mean? What is God trying to say to me? Are we meditating on the word of God? Because see, that's a discipline of a relationship with God. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. Let's go back in time. Let's go back a few hundred years. Do y'all remember that? Some of y'all were here, weren't you? I'm just kidding. A few hundred years ago, most of the culture was farming. There wasn't a whole lot of social activities going on. There was no internet. (laughs) There were no cell phones. There weren't even phones. People just had the word of God. And they go to church and they would go to work and they would come home and they had their meals together and their family and they spent time with the word of God. Now we got all of this stuff that's out there that can occupy our mind. Just as much as we can go on Netflix and binge a show, have you gone to the Word of God and binged on the Word of God? See, that's meditating. That's spending time. That's deepening what we're doing rather than just scanning something, checking a box, say we did it, and move on with the next thing in our day. So when you go and you look at these things and you start thinking about these spiritual disciplines and you start thinking about meditating on the Word of God and what that truly means, see, what it's going to do is it brings an attentiveness. And you know what? When you bring your attentiveness towards God, God teaches you things. God shows you things in a passage that you've read a hundred times before. The thing about it was is that you're reading it differently now because you're giving God your attention. Have you ever taken a spiritual retreat? Have you ever just gotten away? I remember trying to call Jojo Thomas one day from the association. I don't know if you guys know this about Jojo or not, but Jojo likes to hike. And Jojo doesn't like to hike up in the North Georgia mountains just to go for a walk. Jojo uses his hikes for spiritual retreats. So I tried to call and talk with Jojo this day, and Jojo had gone on a hike. And ever Jojo tells me he's going on a hike, I think that's awesome. Because you know what? He is taking time to get away from all the stuff that he is responsible for to get along with God so he can learn from the Lord possibly how he's supposed to better take care of that which God has given him. And we have this example in Scripture all the time. How many times do you hear in Scripture and read in Scripture, Jesus left the disciples and went up on the mountain to pray? On the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus left the disciples that he took up there, Peter, James, and John. He left them over here, and he got away from them so that he could go what? Spend more in tune time with God. And you got to think to yourself, this is Jesus. He's got all this. He knows what he's supposed to do. Why in the world is he going and doing this? Because that's what he's supposed to do. And that's what we're supposed to do. And that's the example that's been set for us. 
So if that example's been set for us, what example are we setting for others? You get it? This is the internal things. If we're not taking care of the spiritual aspect of our relationship with God, and then we're not taking care of ourselves, then what's going to project out to others? So if we don't have the right heart, and if our mind is not set on the things that are above, if our mind is set on the things that are here, if our mindset is not in the right place, if we don't get the end goal of this, the end goal of this is not for you to end up with the most toys. The end goal of this is for you to be able to be the most used for the kingdom of God. And for one day when you sit down in heaven and he says to you, well done, good and faithful servant. He's not going to ask you how you voted. He's not going to ask you any of that kind of stuff. He's going to ask you or look at you and know how you served. So we've got to correct ourselves. We've got to reprogram. We've got to internalize our faith before we can external our faith now remember i'm going to say this one last time because we're going to start going into this next week but when we look at the great commission it says go therefore into all the nations make disciples but remember make disciples was the most important thing by teaching and by baptizing and go is the first thing that's mentioned in that passage but go is really the last thing that we should do Because I'm going to tell you, if we're not prepared to make disciples and to teach and to baptize, then when we go, we're not going to be ready. And we need to get ready. But if you're type A like me, or if if you're antsy like me, then you want to just get it done, check it off, and go on to the next thing. And that's not how God works. God says patience, persevere, steadfastness. I just want to rip those words right out of the Bible. Long suffering. I mean, you think about this. Suffering, just in general. Sacrifice. See, this is what he means for us. This is how he teaches us. This is how he grows us. This is how he moves us. We need to get this right so that we can get this right. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I just thank you so much for this day. I thank you for the opportunity which we've had to come to open up your word, Father, to look at it intently. And Father, I pray that as we study your word, as we um, read your word, and as we come in contact with you through prayer and through our time together, Father, that you will uh, transform us, mold and shape us into something that is new. Use us for your glory and for your greatness. May our life be remembered as a life lived as a fully devoted follower of Christ. And all the other stuff is secondary. Father, Son, 
married to this person, had this job title, accomplished these things. Because one day that'll all pass. But if I've done my job as a follower and as a father and as a husband, then one day my wife will be my sister and my children will be my brothers and sisters in the kingdom of God. Help us, Father, to get the roles in the right place. These things we ask and pray now. In the name of Christ Jesus, our Savior and Lord. Amen.